Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. Jesus was speaking about the innocence and the ability to be impressionable. How many of you know what impressionable means? Anyone in the room? Okay, if I ask a question, you are allowed to talk back. You have freedom. Impressionable, what does that mean? No, not the ability to be impressed. No. Go for it. To change your impressions. Yes, the ability to change. Impressionable. It's, it's when, when you're willing to be pressed on by something else. Anyone made any cookies in the last month or so? Neither have I. I'm just asking. Okay, some. What I did do was, is when the cookie dough was ready, I stuck my fingers in like this while no one was looking. Okay, so, so impressionable means you take your cookie dough, you roll it, and you take your dinosaur cutter and you... And it, you impress a dinosaur into the cookie dough. And it changes its shape. And you have a dinosaur cookie. So Jesus is saying, unless you can be like these, you'll never see the kingdom. He's saying, unless you allow yourself to become impressionable, you will never see the kingdom. So Jesus is talking to the adults in the room. He's saying, hey, you might have grown up in a certain way and had certain experiences, but unless somehow you can travel back in time, unless somehow you can go back to your youthful state, to your place of innocence, and allow your, your thoughts to be rewired, because, hey, adults in the room, you've got some habits that you think have been hardwired into your system. You think you've been created in a certain way. And unless you can become, unless you literally can go back in time, well, figuratively, go back in time, and go back to that state where you were completely impressionable, speaking to how God just made our minds. Children are inherently in their minds. Now, I'm not mean you're plastic like fake, but your brain is more, has more plasticity when you are young because God designed you to be impressed upon. God designed you to be molded, to be shaped. And so adults, our children, inevitably become who we mold them to be. And, our, and we inevitably become who we allow to mold us. 
So growing up, it was my friends at school. Luckily, there was this guy called Justin, you know, just, you know, he had a guy called Daniel, you, you know, and, but those, at school, we've got things that can mold us. At school, we have teachers that mold us. As we grow up, we think, hey, I was made this way, but, but actually you were crafted to be molded. And we've got to allow God to mold us. But Jesus says something that most people think is impossible. He says you can be remolded. You can be impressed upon in a whole new way. Any people in the room have some habits you want to get rid of today? Okay? Some habits in the room you're not proud of. Anyone just blame your habits on your genetics? No, your habits are what you allowed to impress on you. And you, you've got to go back and allow yourself. So Jesus says, unless you change. The, the word repent means I, I am completely changing. I, I repent. I change completely. I allow something else to come and mold me in place of what has molded me. I allow the Holy Spirit to come and do a complete change. He, but that means I've got to get into the cookie cutter. I've got to fit into something different. I once was lost, but now I am found means I once was a dinosaur. And now I'm a, a what? Akonya, a lion. Okay, that's a good one. I once was a dinosaur and now I'm a, any other ideas? A cheetah, a diamond, a bones in the light. Huh? A sion, an eagle, an Okay, let's use your name. I, I once was a dinosaur, but now I am a, a Daniel. A llama. <laughs> All right, we're going to end this sermon there. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the mystery has been revealed. <laughs> unless you completely change... Unless you allow yourself to be molded, you will never see the kingdom. For us to see the kingdom requires a whole new set of eyes, a whole new set of ears, and, a, and the wanting, the deep desire to be transformed, to live and to fit into the kingdom. Is that good? Okay, so... We spoke about the fruit. God created a garden with many fruit. And then there was one tree in the middle that was no go. It had a do not enter sign. Do not touch. Do not climb. Do not pick. Any parent in the room experienced that feeling of do not climb there. Oh, there she goes. 
<laughs> Don't go there. Why not? Don't do that. Why not? Don't, don't, just don't. Come on, how many times must I tell you? Am I, any other parents in the room? <laughs> so God created us and put us in the garden and he's like, don't, 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 go, don't go there. And something I've learned, we, we were born, and this is where we were born, we were created to taste and to see that God is good. He created us to taste of His goodness. He, he made us to taste His goodness. So He gave us a garden full of goodness. Now, that garden, if you can imagine, is still all around us. That garden is with us. But there's something about the, the tree in the middle. The tree in the middle, it was, it was in the middle. It was right in the middle. That, that means it was the easiest tree to get to. How far can you run into a forest? How far can you run into the forest? Someone have any ideas? Okay, halfway. Why? Because you're running out again. Okay, yes. Hey? Until you're tired. Okay, so, but he said God placed us in the middle. He placed us in the middle and the tree was in the middle. So which tree was the closest? You see, now, what happens is there's some fruit that, that was... There was three days' journey in that direction. And the other fruit was ten days' journey in, in that direction. Are you seeing the picture? And, and so there's this tree in the middle, and it's inviting the whole time. It's inviting for one reason. And this is, this is something that is in human, in, in, in the fleshly nature. In the flesh, there's a desire to be significant without growing up. There's a desire to be significant without growing up. We want to be significant, but we don't want the cost of the journey. And so God created and put us in a garden where it required a little bit of a journey. It required a, not just a journey... God created that garden so that man would go out and seek, so that man would go out and discover, so that man would go out and find. He didn't create us just to sit in the middle and just eat blueberries falling out of the sky. But for us to grow up, we need to go and discover. And so if you are a believer... And if you have been molded and, and you've said yes and you can see the kingdom, I want to say today you're sitting in the garden of the Lord. You're sitting in the garden of His presence. He has created around us a beautiful garden. But that means we need to get up and go and explore 
We need to get up there, go out there, and, and discover His beauty. It's, it's something that's in us. It's why we, we, well, most of us like to do long hikes, right? Up into the mountains. Anyone not like hiking? Okay, got some hands in the room there. Okay, so, so whenever you go hike, you, you're discovering new things. You're discovering things you would never, ever, ever discover. I've, I've flown to Cape Town a few times, and every single time I fly to Cape Town, when we're out over the mountains in the Karoo, I look out and I wish that I was driving. I wish that I was rather down there, taking my time, exploring, feeling. Instead, we have instant significance without growing up. Today, you can go to Cape Town in two hours. A hundred years ago, that was a six-month journey. Six-month journey. Even 18 hours is a miracle. But I feel like I just want to discover and explore. And that's what God is calling us to, is to discover and explore and taste that He is good. And, and taste and, and see His goodness for us. So, what do, we got to, what, do, what, have, what do we have to be molded away from? Some of us were molded by our, well, most of us were molded by our decisions. All, in fact, all of us are molded by our decisions. And to sin is to look away from God's goodness. Sin is literally the act of looking away from, from His goodness. God has lovingly hidden so much of His goodness for us that the nature of sin says, I don't want to look for God's goodness. Rather, I want to grab hold of that significance without going to look for its goodness. It's always a shortcut. God created us to respond to His Spirit. There's some animals out in the felt. When they're born, they have to they get up and run within an hour. Anyone seen those videos, whatever? Seen something like that? You, you, you're a bookie, and you're born not a not a you're born in the felt, and, and then an hour later you're running. Why are you running? Because if you don't run, you're going to be food. And if you don't run. You're not gonna. You're gonna left, get left behind. Anyone heard that phrase in the Christian world? You're gonna be left behind. Okay, if you don't run, your mom's gonna leave you because she's gonna get eaten. So what did God do? He created animals with an incredible instinct. I'm I, I'm always amazed. Like a, a little dove can be born in nests here on the building, and and then three weeks later the thing's flying with skill. And, and that's God. He genetically placed instinct inside of us. But when humans are born, we're pretty useless. Like we're, we're, we're pink and we cry and we do things in our pants. And that's the sum total of our lives. For three months, and then we crack a smile for the first time. And, and then a year later, 
You've got parents acting like, Kuriso, Kuriso, trying to get this thing to walk for the first time. <laughs> like we're totally useless for a whole year. Jesus isn't saying be like those children. They can't see the kingdom. Okay. <laughs> Don't go so far back in time that you're useless. Okay. <laughs> but there's a reason because the, when a baby's born, it, it cries. And, and it cries so that mommy picks baby up or daddy. But what the cry is for is for nurturing. The cry is for love. The cry is for protection, acceptance. Our deepest instinct is to find love. Our deepest natural genetically coded instinct is a search and a cry for love. But God gave us a spirit. That's why we're pretty useless for a year and for the next 18 years after that. <laughs> some, some high schoolers are like, I'm not useless. <laughs> Grow a little more, my son. Grow a little more. <laughs> because God has given us a spirit. And that spirit operates differently to pure instinct. That spirit operates completely different to just how you were genetically made. You were created so that something other than your genes, something other than just nature repeating itself, will come and mold you, will come and craft you. And unless you're living fully in the spirit, you've never really learned how to live. That's why Jesus could say, unless you become like children, you will never see the kingdom. Unless you keep just doing what's natural, unless you just keep doing what is instinct, you will never see God's goodness. You will never see His fullness. Half of you is, is crying out for the Spirit to come and take control, for the Spirit to come and take the reins, for the Spirit to come and guide you. So I woke up this morning and and I, as I woke up, I heard the words, there is a cloud. So I got up, made some good filter coffee, opened the curtains, and there was a cloud. There literally was a cloud. We call it our mountain. Couldn't see it. It was under the cloud. And I'm like, that's cool. God said there's a cloud. So I started reading um, Romans. I was just having some quiet time, and I thought, hey, that, that fits nicely into to what I'm sharing. Uh, you can go to Romans 1. Romans 1, verse 2, which God is talking about a promise and so he gave us Jesus in advance, or he promised Jesus in advance through his prophets. And he promised us the gospel. So what I'm sharing today is the gospel, basically 
the news of God's goodness. There is God's goodness. That's, that's the gospel. And he says he promised us this gospel in advance. Romans 1 verse 2. 3, 4, 5. I'm going to go that way. He promised us his gospel in advance through his prophets. This gospel regarding his son. Who as, now listen to this. As to the flesh descended from David, but as to the divine nature according to the spirit of holiness was designated the Son of God by his resurrection and even by his resurrection and, and he's Jesus Christ our Lord. He is he's anointed even more than he is designated the Son of God. So Jesus is is two things. He is number one a son of David in the flesh, in the genes, in his genealogy. Number two, he is the son of God. Now in Mark 10, there's a guy that cries out to, to, um, to Jesus. His name is, is, is Bot- Botamius, I think. I mean, just, let me rather just go read it. Mark, Mark 10. And he's sitting there, and he's blind, and he calls out to Jesus. But he, he doesn't say Jesus, he says, son of David. He calls out to who Jesus is in the flesh. Mark 10 verse 47 says, and when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me, and many severely censored and reproved him, telling him to keep still. But he kept on shouting out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, telling him, Take courage, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his outer garment, he leapt up and came to Jesus. And then Jesus asked, What do you want me to do for you? And Jesus was Drawing on what his spirit wants. Drawing on what, his, what, what, what this man's spirit was really desiring. So we, we, went to see, we went to worship. We went to see. I went, we went to worship with Bethel at Loftus. Anyone else in the room? Went, went. There's a couple of people in the room. Okay. So we, we at Loftus. And in my nature, in my in my genes, who God created me to be. I've got this strength called significance. And halfway through worshiping, really just focused on God, this thought came from my nature that said, oh, I wish our band was up on stage. I wish our band could play in front of 20,000, just for a moment. And I was taken back to 20, 30 years, 20 years ago, I was part of a, another church and on drums in another band. And the worship leader said, one day, this church is going to worship and we're going to fill off this. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, it never happened. That worship leader never got to lead in Loftus filling the stadium. But some other band just comes from the States, leads worship, 
Phil's loft this, goes. And when my thoughts go that way, now, now I'm not sitting there thinking this the whole time. I'm going, no, 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 we're here to, to worship. I identified how in the nature, in our nature, our nature without the Holy Spirit, we focus on the wrong things. Some people focused on Jesus as the son of David in terms of his hereditary importance. This man is lineage of David. But actually, Jesus was the son of God. He had a greater, a greater inheritance than the human lineage that seemed so important. So, Jesus was the son of David, and if his physical hereditary line was important to you, you would miss out on the spiritual nature of who he was. He was actually the son of God. And so, when it comes to us, We've got to realize that we have a spiritual calling. We have a spiritual inheritance that's far greater than any physical inheritance we could ever hope for. Because if you desire an inheritance without the spiritual inheritance, if you don't desire the spiritual inheritance, the spiritual change, you are going to be like a fish that arrives in the ocean and goes, but this is just water. It has no meaning. It has no greater significance than upstream. You're still surrounded by, by water. But when the Spirit comes, you, you, you go with Him and you pick fruits and you take fruits that, that when, when you eat of it, you, you've, it's got a whole nother space to it. It's got a whole nother, another, it's that whole thing of being molded. That's what it means to be completely molded, is that I'm going to be molded by the Spirit. I'm not going to be molded by my history or my past anymore. Okay. So I had this picture of a cloud. I'm going back to the cloud. And as I was reading Romans, uh, let's just turn back to Romans again. Romans 1. So Jesus, let me just bring that together. Jesus said, what do you want to the blind man? And the blind man in his spirit said, I want to see. And Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Your spirit's response. You called to the son of David, but now you've called to something greater. You didn't just want recognition. You didn't just want to be side to side with the important person. And, and this, is, this is important. Some people think that just getting next to important people will mean they're important too. And I know I walked in that. I walked in the desire to be close to important people. I walked in the desire to be known by important people. I walked in the desire to be found. And, and I thought that if I just said the right thing or, or acted in the right way, then that important, people, that important person would take notice. And God's calling to the person. I know there's people in this room who have a desire to be around important people because they think then they're going to be important too. But the truth is nothing 
gives you more significance than when you grow up in your own calling. Driven by the Spirit. There came a day when I said, I don't want to chase after important people for the sake of chasing after important people. I just, I need to be who God has called me to be. And I just need to be good at being me. Say that with me. Just be good at being me. <laughs> Bible says your gift will bring you into high places. Not your desire to be close to important people. So the blind man calls out, hey, I want to be there by Jesus, son of David. And God, Jesus says, what do you really want? No, I want to see. Okay, now you've activated real faith. Okay. So the cloud is having our focus on the wrong things for the wrong reasons. Or even desiring the right thing for the wrong reasons. So, it says here, let's go back to Romans 1. It is, verse 5 now, it is through Him that we have received grace and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith. Yeah, there's two things happening. It's through God's grace that He elevated Paul to become an important person, an apostle. But an important person isn't recognized in human standards. An important person fully carries the responsibility and the weight of the calling that they've been called to. So, it is through Him that we have received grace. Grace, just say that with me. Grace and our apostleship. If you're hoping for any kind of important place or position or function or potential or, or purpose, it only comes through grace. Okay? To promote what? Obedience to the faith. To promote obedience to the faith. We've been speaking, we spoke so much last year and the beginning of this year about obedience I went to God and I'm like, God, I think our church is tired of talking about obedience. And as I read that word obedience this morning, sitting on the bench, the clouds lifted and the sun shone through. And I took that as a prophetic picture. I viewed that. I saw the prophetic Nature in that. Where God says some people have their head in the clouds. They, they have clouded thinking. Because they're chasing after things that aren't for them. But when you have obedience, there is clarity. And not only that, the sun shines upon it. Christ's very nature shines upon it. When we walk in obedience. So I want to highlight obedience again to this church. I want to highlight obedience to His Word. Don't for one moment not walk in obedience. Make sure you're walking 100% of the time in obedience, allowing your Spirit to direct, allowing the Holy Spirit to direct you through your Spirit. Does that make sense? 
I've got so much more, but I think we just got to end. Let's just go to Romans 5. I want to read verse 2 and 5. Through him, we have, through Jesus, we have our access into this grace in which we firmly and safely stand. Let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Verse 5, such hope never disappoints or deludes us, that means to cloud us, or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I want to leave us with a desire a desire to pursue the Holy Spirit, a desire to activate the deepest part of our faith, to stir the deepest part of our spirit man, to have an expectation to enjoy, not just see the glory of God, but to actually enjoy the glory of God and experience fulfillment in that glory. Is that good? Did that all make sense this morning? God wants to impress on us. He wants to take us back to be like children. And that means, God, will you come and change me? Change even the parts that I'm holding on to. Change those behaviors that I think have been hardwired, that I've always blamed on my second nature. God wants to come. And transform us so that we can be fully impressed by the Holy Spirit. Impressed upon by the Holy Spirit. So that we can enjoy discovering and finding His glory and experience His glory. Let's stand together. Just put your hand on the person next to you. God, I pray, I pray this morning that you will stir in us a deep faith. Just pray this with me. Father, will you stir a deep faith in my spirit man? God, will you show us your glory? Father, will you help us to be excited about seeing your glory? About seeing your glory manifest in our day-to-day living. May we wake up every single day expectant, expecting to see your glory manifest in every activity, in everything we do, in every relationship. God, I specifically just pray for the church. You don't have to repeat after me for our families this morning. Lord, that when we wake up in the morning, we'll experience your glory manifest around the kitchen table. Your glory manifest in in our activities, our sports activities. Lord, if our kids are out of the home, Lord, will you you draw us together as, as couples? Father, for those that are single, God, will you will you bring us into families? You said you will not leave us abandoned. You said you place those who are alone in families. 
And Father, we just pray, Lord, that we will see your goodness wherever we go. But God, come and change us. We repent, Father, from looking away from your goodness. And we look to your goodness to see your glory, to see your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a good Sunday. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.